time with God every day, every day, every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. Good. Turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. And we uh, come before you tonight sheerly as a tribe that wants to follow hard after God. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would uh, cause our hearts to come alive. Jesus, we want you to be exalted above all else. And God, we ask, Lord, that you would uh, that you would come and that you would illuminate your word and that you would cause it to come alive in our hearts. And that I ask that lives would be transformed and 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 young men and women that love Jesus with all their heart would walk out of here and make a difference in a dark world. God, we don't want to go through motions only. God, we want a living encounter tonight. So we say, Jesus, have your way tonight, God. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter sixteen. Jesus here is talking. It's kind of an interesting moment. He's talking to his disciples. Let's read it together, starting in verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? Referring to himself. They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you, he said? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. You know, it's kind of interesting when you and I look at our culture right now, the, the, the time that you're living in, Jesus is the most, probably the most talked about person. I mean, when you look at the person that our calendar, you know, is marked by, it's marked by Jesus, right? You have before Christ and then you have AD, right? And so when Jesus came, it made a big, big difference. When you look at pop culture, you have all kinds of stuff. You have some people singing about Jesus, singing worship songs to Jesus. You have other people that are saying his name and his name is on their lips, but it's more of a form of, a form of taking his name in vain. You have some people that would have Jesus t-shirts on because they love Jesus. And some people that have all kinds of things against Jesus and on t-shirts. I mean, you and I, when we, when we just live our lives, when you're living in your high school, your college, your junior high, Jesus is probably the most talked about person. I mean, he's the person that we know we, we all have an opinion on. And so Jesus is talking to his disciples here and he goes, all right, you know, it's really important to me what you think about me. Since you guys are my boys, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that have an opinion about me. One day there's going to be you know, people that think that a fat statue is equivalent to me. One day there's going to be heretics that think I was only a good man. There's going to be people that one day will say that Satan is my brother. And there's going to be all kinds of bizarreness going on. And You, my fellas, my boys, James, John, Philip, look at me, Thomas, stop doubting, stare at me. Who do you say that I am? What about you guys? Yeah, you that are walking with me and hanging out with me. Who do you say that I am? There's going to be 
throughout the next 2,000 years, maybe who knows how long, there's going to be all kinds of opinions about me. And the way that you perceive me is a really big deal. The way that you see me, when you go to talk about me, what comes off your tongue, your language, the way you think about me, the thoughts, the movies that you run in your head about me. How do you see me? What does it look like to you? A.W. Tozer talks about that the number one thing that's most important in your relationship with God is how you view God. So Jesus is saying, how do you see me? What do I look like to you? I mean, one day Oprah's going to say that, hey, there's lots of ways to God. You know, Mike Tyson says, if Jesus were a man, I'd beat him up. People are going to have their opinions. John Lennon, he says, hey, we're more famous. The Beatles were more famous than Jesus. What do those guys think of the power of God, the fame of God, that Jesus is the only way? The way that you think about God really matters. The way that you perceive me, how you see me, the movies you run in your head. When you look at Jesus, what do I look like? How do you see me? Jesus goes, so what about you, boys? I believe it's the question the Holy Spirit would ask us tonight as we launch out in this desperation conference this weekend. It's three days. You guys are not the kind of people that are faint hearted. You're the kind of people that are willing to come to something like this to go, I'm going to go after God hard. And so from the beginning, let's just stare at Jesus and say, how do we see him? What does he look like to you tonight? When you think on Jesus, when you meditate on him, when we're singing these songs, Lord, I'm amazed by you, how you love me. Hey, Jesus, you're awesome. Jesus, you're good. How do you, I'm talking to you, I'm not talking about the person next to you, I'm not talking about your youth pastor, I'm not talking about the denomination that you come from, I'm not talking about the way that you categorize him based upon a book that you read, I'm talking about just you and Jesus, you and God, in the car, by yourself, nobody around, you're praying to Jesus, I mean everything else is silent, and you're looking at Jesus, what do you see? How do you perceive him? What does he look like to you? Who is he to you? You're 14. You're 16, you're 18, you're 21, you. And that's the question I want to, I, I, I want you to grapple with tonight. I want you to think about it. I want you to wrestle with. Because, you know, if I'm honest, I mean, I think that probably, you know, probably the most anointed place to have meetings is Starbucks. And so I spend a lot of time in meetings with Starbucks. You know, there's just something about two places. One is, you know, of course, you know, church and second is Starbucks. It's just where the, the action's at. And so, no, so... I sit there and I, and I talk to people a lot. I love, I, I have a lot of meetings with young people. And when I talk to them, here's some language that I hear often. When we go to talk about Jesus, it's this. Well, Jesus just isn't real to me. Or so-and-so had this experience and I haven't. Or, um, you know, I just, I just don't know how this horrible thing could happen to me and how Jesus could be in... And, and sometimes... I think that living in the culture that you and I live in, living in the time that you and I live in, it's easy to take this massive Jesus, this who Jesus was before time began, this incredible Jesus, and turn him into this kind of little Jesus on the table that we want to kind of do stuff for us, and we, we don't really see Jesus for who he is, and tonight... I, I have one phrase I want you to walk out of here with. Tonight I have one idea. I have one idea that I hope goes into your brain and for the next 50 years you say a lot. 
is this phrase. Jesus is awesome. It's when we walk out of here tonight, it's Jesus is awesome. Everybody say, ah, 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 some. All right, let's try it again. All right, ready? Let's try it again. Let's go here. Ready? Go. Good. I want you to walk out of here with this thought. When I think on God, he is awesome. He is big. He is massive. He is huge. I want you to walk out of here. And when, it's, it, when, you know, when we sing some of these songs and it's kind of like, Lord, I'm amazed. By, I want there almost to be a trembling like, oh, my he is awesome. He's God. I'm small. I am small. I am small, but my God is very tall. I mean, I want you to just go. He's awesome. I want it to live inside of you. I want it to be big. So we're going to look at Jesus for a few minutes here. John chapter one. It's this great thing. John's writing his gospel and he starts off and he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus even before he created the heavens and the earth. And so most of the time when we think about God, when you think about God, we all picture God. And we don't necessarily think about Jesus creating the heavens and the earth. But you know what? When John goes to record it, he actually talks about Jesus. He talks about Jesus as the word. So in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Here it is. Watch this. Through him, all things were made. Ha! I just, I just think that's so interesting because I want you to imagine, I mean, you and I, we picture Jesus and you have different images when you picture Jesus. And some of you, you picture Jesus and you kind of picture, you know, what comes to your head. I know for me, I grew up, you know, as a Christian kid with mom and dad that loved God. And so I had this blue cup and this blue cup had a little picture of Jesus. And when you just start to say Jesus, I just picture this little sweet Jesus on a blue little plastic cup. It was about this big. We were, I'm a triplet born in a litter. The second in the litter is right down here, Dana. And so I grew up, that's a joke. All right. It's not really litter. We're not dogs. But anyway, and so I grew up, David, Dana, Didi. David had a blue cup. Dana had a pink cup. Didi had a green cup. And I grew up with this little picture of Jesus on my blue cup. And when, you know, when I grew up, just, you know, start trying to think about what it means to look at Jesus. You know what image comes to my head? Little blue cup. Little sweet Jesus, little tiny lamb. Huh. That's what I pictured. But I, I, I wanted to ask you tonight, not... Not what imagery has culture placed on your brain or what t-shirts have you seen or what pictures have you seen, but in your own like understanding of the scripture and who Jesus is according to the scripture, do you have a big enough perspective of what God is like? Imagine Jesus, the creator. He created all things. So imagine Jesus creating the heavens and the earth with the father. Pretty big deal. Look at this, Job 26, Job 26. This is one of my favorites, Job 26. I'll just read it to you. You don't have to go there, all right? Listen to this. This is a, this is a creation account, all right? This is talking about the power of God creating. It says, uh, 
Verse 7, he spreads out the northern skies over empty space. He suspends the earth over nothing. He wraps up the waters in his clouds, yet, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. He covers the face of the full moon, spreading his clouds over it. He marks out the horizon on the face of the waters for a boundary between light and darkness. The pillars of the heavens quake aghast at his rebuke. By his power, he churned with the sea. By his wisdom, he got Rahab to pieces. By his breath, say breath. By his breath, the skies became fair and his, his hand pierced the gliding serpent. And these are but the outer fringe of his works. How faint the whisper. Hey, we're talking how faint the whisper we hear of him. Here's Jesus creating the heavens and the earth. And when we look at creation, this isn't God, like looking at the heavens and the earth going, I got to create the moon. Oh, this is hard. I got to, you know, create rivers and mountains and like uh, uh, this is god and when we look at creation the whole thing it's a whisper it's a it's a it's a it's a easy it's a, i call it just the god massive divine sneeze just a chew and the heavens and the earth and jesus is walking around on planet earth as the creator as i mean god as the one that creates he's big massive think about that kind of power mike tyson beat him up my goodness your image of god is so huge you believe god to be big if you believe god to be massive you walk in a different way than we create jesus in your own image image that you've just kind of grown up with thinking about, perceiving him. Jesus created the heavens and the earth with his father. That's a big Jesus. Jesus is enthroned before he comes to the earth. That's kind of interesting. Look at this, John 12. This is kind of fun. John 12, look at this one. All right, here's John again. And he's talking about Isaiah. And in John 12, look at this, verse 41. It says, Isaiah said this, Because he saw Jesus' glory and spoke about him. Now, this is interesting because Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus. Hmm. So before Jesus comes to the earth, Isaiah beholds his glory. And I just went, let's go to my great Isaiah verse. You know it well. Isaiah 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Here's Isaiah And here's what happens to Isaiah when he sees Jesus. Verse 1. Let's just go verse 3. Let's go verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne. High and exalted. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their face, and with two they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying and they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At The sound of their voices, the doorposts and threshold shook and the temple was filled with smoke. And Isaiah said, woe to me, I cried. I am ruined for I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people with unclean lips. So Isaiah sees Jesus and he goes, ah. Whoa, whoa, woe is me, 
I am small. I am small. You're awesome. You're holy. You're big. Awesome. You're huge. Can you imagine that moment where he sees Jesus and goes, I, 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 I am small. You are big. You are awesome. Number three. Jesus becomes a man. This is interesting. How awesome it is that Jesus becomes a man for you and for me. Philippians 2, it says that he humbled himself. and became a man, taking on the very nature of a servant, becoming nothing. Wow. Jesus, the big... I mean, we're talking the creator. We're talking about the one who Isaiah 6, Isaiah sees, seated, enthroned. So he's creating the heavens and the earth. Isaiah beholds him. And then this God, Jesus, becomes man. Hangs out with you and me. 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that through his poverty we might become rich. It goes, man, he had all comes for us. And, and now I know when you hear that, you're like, yeah, I've heard that since I was, you know, you know, 14, you know, last year. All right. No, I've heard that for a long time. I know the stories of Jesus, but, but I want you to get this. I want you to imagine a real God on the earth as a man. I'm talking about the God with fire in his eyes, creator of the earth. He becomes a man and he becomes, before he's a man, he's a kid. I mean, he's this kid walking around. Now I grew up in a great family. I have uh, great siblings. But have you ever thought about that Jesus had brothers? James and Jude, they're half-brothers. All right? That's an intriguing dynamic. I mean, when, it, when you're a triplet, you've got a little bit of sibling rivalry. Imagine having a perfect brother. It's easy for Dan to understand, right? Just kidding. All right? I want you to imagine having... A, I mean, I'm, I, just, I just think about, you know, poor James and Jude. Just... Just picture Jude, you know, Jude punches Jesus in the face and Jesus is like, here you go, Jude, does it to Jesus. Perfect. Mary says, Jude, why can't you be more like your brother, Jesus? It's perfect, mom. I know. Jude's like, mom, why can't you be more like Jesus? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just imagine the uh, the internal agony. You know, your mom. I don't know. I know that you love me, but I just feel like Jesus is perfect. He is. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I don't know what it'd be like for James and Jude. You know, hanging out. Perfect brother, Jesus as a kid, totally perfect. Twelve years old, God. Jesus goes to the temple and the teachers are impressed with him. They're like, here, you all, you teacher guys, shut up. We're going to listen to the 12-year-old. You're like James and Jude. You're like, oh, here goes Jesus again. Perfect brother. Jesus at 12 is baffling them. I mean, just imagine if you were these guys and you were like literally walking through Jesus' life and just get to see Jesus as a man. He goes to be baptized 
And the audible voice of heaven comes. Oh, you're kidding. It's always about this guy. Jesus is baptized. God speaks from heaven. If you're those guys, you're just like, dude, who is this guy? I mean, then he goes in for 40 days. <laughs> he's praying and fasting. Comes back. I'm just making this up hypothetically, but let's say he's just talking to his brothers. Yeah, just fasted 40 days. Devil came to talk to me. You talked to the devil? Oh, yeah, devil tried to tempt me. You talked to the devil? Oh, yeah. One day I'm going to kill him forever. <laughs> I mean, Jesus, a man, big God, becomes, I mean, not just Bible stories. A guy walks out, fast 40 days. I'm going to preach a sermon. Y'all should listen. Sermon on the Mount. Not bad, Jesus. <laughs> pretty good. Looks like you drew a pretty, pretty good crowd here. I mean, just think about Jesus just in, as a man on the earth, walking around. The leper that everybody runs from, that you should try to protect Jesus from, he reaches out and he touches and he heals. We're talking about Jesus that doesn't even have to be somewhere to have someone healed. You know, the centurion comes and he says, yeah, servants healed. Oh, they're like, you think he really is? I don't know. He is. Dude, this guy's awesome. The boat, you know the story. The wind, the waves, Jesus sleeping. Help us, help us, help us. What are y'all worried about? Storms. Calm. Awesome. Awesome. Even the wind and the waves obey him? Uh-huh. She's like, fellas, guys, I created this sea. I sneezed once and there it was. Just, it's cake for me. You have no idea. You have no idea the majesty of who I am. You have no idea the magnitude of who I am. You, have, you, you can't even begin to comprehend. Lazarus is dead. Lazarus, come forth. Raised from the dead. We're like, wow. He's like, no, 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 no. This is no big deal. One guy. I'm going to raise everybody. All the dead in Christ are going to rise. You guys don't know who I am. You guys don't have a grid. I mean, God, I'm God. I'm all, I mean, Jesus is awesome. I mean, if right now, you know, a couple thousand years later, we can read the Bible or, you know, Watch a movie or something. But I want you to picture being in these moments. You wouldn't be like, I don't know. He's just, he's just not that real to me. And I just don't understand. Like, hey, I've, I, some, there's some things in the Old Testament. I just, I don't, I can't comprehend with my brain. Because, you know, I'm pretty intelligent. And sometimes I sit with people and they have such a small view of Jesus. This pastoral heart comes inside of me and I just go, shut up. We, we, we know so little and he is so big. He is so awesome. He is so huge. He's so much bigger than we could ever fathom or imagine. So Jesus, 
Here's one of the things I love about Jesus. Is Jesus isn't a wimp. Look at this. All right. Matthew chapter 14. This is fun. Jesus, you know, uh, goes before the, the um, Sanhedrin here. And realistically, uh, he should be scared a little bit. You know, I mean, they think that he's going to be scared. Because if he says he's God, it's called blasphemy. And, you know, he's going to lose his life for that. And just look at how Jesus handles these guys that kind of try to threaten him a little bit here. Um, I meant Mark. Mark's, Mark 14. Okay, look at this. Verse 60. All right, you there? Look at this. Then the high priest. Just look at Jesus. I mean, Jesus is awesome. Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is the testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the living God? And this is the moment, you know, where it's like, maybe Jesus would just back down. He's going to get in trouble, but look at him. Watch this. I mean, we're talking our God, our King. He looks at them, and I just love this phrase. He goes, I am, said Jesus. And you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. In that moment, that's a scary moment where Jesus goes, I am. And you'll see me riding in the clouds one day. Ha! Big God. So they tore their clothes. All right, look at this. John 19. Look at this. Jesus this time, he's talking to Pilate this time. So Pilate, you know, he's the Roman governor. And and this is the guy that can put him to death. Has the power to put him to death. Jesus has already been flogged here. And look at this. Look at Jesus. When Pilate, verse 8, when Pilate had heard this, he was even more afraid. And he went back inside the palace and he looked at Jesus and he said this. Look, this is so funny. He goes, where do you come from? He asked Jesus. But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate kind of threatened. He goes, do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize that I have the power either to free you or to have you crucified? Pilate's like puffing out his chest a little bit, you know. Don't you know the power I have? Awesome Jesus looks at him and goes, what? Not a very tall guy. No, it's good. Looks at him and goes, You'd have no power over me unless it were given to you from above. You don't know who I am. You have no idea how vast, how huge, how big, how powerful, how famous, how awesome. Guys, 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 Jesus is more awesome than we know. I know this isn't going to be, you know, good grammar, But Jesus is awesomer than you think. And every time that you start to just kind of like wonder, just know Jesus is awesomer than I think. And every time that the enemy comes to you and he says, all right, if Jesus is so great, then how come this? How do you interpret this? How come you feel this? How come this person? And tries to make it all about you? Just know Jesus 
He's awesome. He's awesomer than you think. I mean, imagine the greatest level that you can imagine of awesomeness. (laughs) More grammar. And he's awesomer. He's awesomer. He's vast. He's great. He's big. So Jesus, after he is a man, goes to the cross. And you know this well. God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for you. He died for me. And Jesus on the cross forever defeats sin and Satan. Forever wins. And Jesus is a substitute so that you and I forever can spend an eternity with him. Jesus, though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. He went to a cross. I mean, these crosses, you know this. Crosses was the most brutal, brutal way to die. And Jesus goes to the lowest point for us. I, I, here's what I want you to get. I want you to look at that and go, no, no, that's, that's more than a Bible story. That's more than something ever. I want you to be mesmerized with this God, Jesus. And he's great. And he becomes low. And he's great again. Dude. Who is this guy that interrupts human history? Who is this guy that everybody has to reckon with? Everybody has to ask the question. I mean, he steps on the stage of history and forever. I mean, he changes the calendar. He changes things and everybody's going, you and I, we're going, who is this man, Jesus? And there's going to be a day. There's going to be a day where it will no longer be all the little whimpery opinions of man. There's going to be a day where we go, oh my, you're what I thought and 10 billion times more. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong, ha ha, real strong and mighty. The Lord awesome power. The Lord mighty to save. The Lord you're big. You're awesome. Jesus dies on the cross. He raises from the dead. Jesus raised the dead. And Jesus isn't just like, I mean, it's not just kind of a cute Easter story. I want you to put the Easter egg out of your head, put the the Easter pageant away. And I want you to imagine a dead man, I mean, beaten, left, put in a tomb, dead. He comes to life again and his disciples are scared to death in a room, kind of hiding. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes showing off, walking through walls. And he's like, hey. They're like, no way. He's like, "Uh uh-huh. Thomas, okay. You rose from the dead? I'm awesome. That door was locked. Me. (laughs) I'm bigger than you think. I'm awesomer than you think. I'm really awesome. I'm God. I know, but I just, I'm God. Yeah, but it's just so, I'm God. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. You're like God forever? Forever. You're like all-powerful? Forever? Uh Uh-huh. Your fame is going to be greater than any person ever in all of, not just human history, but all history? Uh Uh-huh. Dude. You're awesome. I know. 
I tried to tell you that since the water and the wine thing, bro. Whoa! You are awesome. You're just... And, and, you know, I mean, it's one thing... I, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be a disciple, but I, I think it'd be interesting to walk through him through that season. He says he's going to die. You're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He dies... He raises from the dead. That's a good day. You've had some bad days. This is a good day. Jesus is back. He's walking through walls. He's with us. He's eating fish. All right. This is how things were meant to be. You're hanging out with him. And then the craziest thing happens. In Luke 24. He raises his hands to bless them. And he starts floating away. He ascends to heaven. That's a crazy moment. It's one thing to have him come back. But when all of a sudden he's like, oh, I mean, if it were me, I'd be grabbing him by the ankle, saying, no, for the love, stay here. (laughs) And I know, I know, I know. Better that I go. Better for, I know I know all that. But just imagine. I mean, you've walked with him. You've talked with him. He's like your best friend. I mean, he's perfect. It's easy to love perfect people. He redeems you from your sins. He forever defeats the enemy. He, he comes back. He, and he's hanging with you. Those are the best days, man. I mean, that's rocking the world. <laughs> Jesus ascends. Sends to heaven. Scripture says 196 times in the Bible that he sits on a throne. It's not a, like a weak Jesus, you know. Psalm 110. Psalm 110 says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. It's called the Messianic Psalms. Talking about the Messiah. It's referring to Jesus. This is interesting to me. Because in the Old Testament... The way that you would have, that kings would demonstrate their victory. Now, this is kind of gruesome. This goes, you know, PG-13 here, all right? So all you 13-year-olds, listen up, all right? Yeah, he, he, this is the way it would happen. They'd go to battle, and when an army would go to battle, when they won, when they had victory, they'd cut off the head of the other king, all right? And then they would take that back to their king. And that king would take the head. I mean, a head, put it on the floor and put his feet on it like this. As a demonstration of, I beat this king. That's like more than na 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 na. That's, that's like, that's, that's pretty gruel. I mean, that's rough. That's, pfft. serve it. Bring me my bread. What's that on your feet? Oh, I beat this guy last week. Yeah. I defeated this king. Jesus wins. He puts every one of his foes, every demon in hell, the enemy, Jesus wins. They all go under his feet. He is victorious. There's no question. There's no wonder. There's no curiosity. There's no, well, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. Jesus is king. 
Revelation 4.10 says, The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns down before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things. And by your will they were created and have their being. Revelation 5.11 says, Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand upon ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they sang, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And look at this. Then I heard every creature. Say every. Oh, come on. Say every. That's good. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the sea and on the sea and all that is in them say to him who sits on the throne, singing to him who sits on the throne and unto the lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. I just want you to picture this moment. Everybody, every creature under the earth. On the earth, on the sea, in heaven, every there's no one that there's no one that doesn't fit that category. Everyone sings. I don't care if you didn't make show choir. Little pain still right there. All right. I don't care if you're a bad singer. I don't. Everybody, one day, looks at Jesus and sings. And it's not just like, I mean, we're talking to people under the earth. We're talking about everybody. We're talking about those who never even, I mean, Philippians 2 says, one day every knee is going to bow. We're familiar with that. We already talked about that. One day every knee is going to bow. But Revelation 5, everyone's going to sing. They're going to look at him. And it's not going to be like, all right, you know, Marilyn Manson gets down. He's like, how's this go? No. He's going to sing. Mike Tyson's going to sing. Everyone's going to sing. The person at your school that's the biggest skeptic. The person that looks at you and calls you brainless because you choose Jesus. Everyone will sing. Down on their knee. And they'll go to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Blessing, glory, honor, power forever. And they're going to sing. All are going to sing. I just, I'm just like, I can just, I can do life for 70 years in pursuing God. Just knowing that moment is coming. I mean, there's going to be the moment. All, everyone is going to sing. Ha, you're awesome. And sometimes, you know, maybe if you, if, if you don't resonate with that language, you know, Timmy sits on the throne and under the land be blessing and glory and honor and power forever. Just put in your own vernacular Everyone's going to sing, Jesus, you're awesome. You're big, you're strong, you're famous, you're powerful, you're glorious. You're You're not going to get to heaven. Be like, what's up, Peter? How you doing, man? Right here with the pearly gates. Yeah, which way to my, uh, my mansion, man? Cool. All right. Peace out. See you later, man. I'm going to head over there. 
All right, cool. Hey, where's my grandma that died? I'm going to go find her. You know, that's not going to be heaven. You know what heaven's going to be? Just stay right there about two trillion years. No! Wow. You know what? There will be a conviction in our hearts for a long time. Jesus is awesome in heaven. But we possess a determination that we'll live with that now. We want to live with that Conviction in our heart today. We want to live with that right now. And here's the fun part. Last one is this. This awesome Jesus, he went to prepare a place for us. He's going to come back that we might be with him where he is forever. This Jesus that is awesome, he is returning for us. He is returning. He's coming back. God of the ages is going to return for you. And you know, the first time when Jesus came, he came as a servant. You know? Born in a manger. The lowliest He humbled himself, became obedient to death on a cross. He was the lowest. But when he comes back this next time, he's not coming back as the carpenter that's weak, the carpenter that's the servant. He's always, forever and ever, he is the most humble. Forever and ever, he is the servant. Forever and ever, he is this Jesus. But this time, he's coming back as the reigning king who sits on a throne. And this time he's coming back. And when he comes back, it'll be the moment where all will say, you are awesome. Look at Revelation 19. Look at when he comes back. Revelation 19, 11, it says, I saw heaven open and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called faithful and true. With justice, he judges and makes war. He's, he's, Pretty big. Okay, look. His eyes are like blazing fire. (sighs) That freaks me out. And on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. I, I just love that. No one knows but he himself. You know, sometimes just get before God. God, hey, I'm your friend. You're my friend. I am a friend of God. Hey, what's that secret name? Anyway, verse 13, he is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. Woo! Puts a tongue rings, child's play, you know, I mean, a sword. so powerful with which to strike down the nations that's bizarre he's gonna strike down the nations with sword and they're i mean 
We don't even have a grid for how big, how awesome, how strong this man Jesus is. The king is going to return. He's all powerful. He'll rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the wine presses of the fury, the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name King of all kings and Lord of all lords. He's got a big old tattoo on him that says, I'm coming. I mean, he is a big Jesus that's coming back for you and for me. And this is not just some small little, well, should I accept him into my heart? Well, that means I'm going to have to stop doing drugs and having sex with people I want. But sick. This is the God of the ages who rules and reigns. And there will be a moment where we will go, God, you are holy. You are awesome. You are worthy. Oh, that I had spent every second of my life giving you worship and glory and honor and praise. This, this Jesus, he's the reason we sing. He's the reason we live. He's, the, he's, he's what we're about. He is. What's the word? He is awesome. He is awesomer than you really think. Think about awesome and he's awesomer. He's awesomer still. Will you stand with me? Here's what I want us to do. Tonight, there's some of you that fit one of these categories. Number one, so you know what? Apart from the commercial Christianity that I've seen, apart from the perspectives that I've created in my own brain, this Jesus is awesome. He's worth giving all. He's worth giving my life to. And tonight, you want to come before Jesus and you want to say, Jesus, take my life. I give you all. And you're going to give your life to Jesus tonight. There's some of you that tonight, I want to have a revelation of the victorious Jesus. I want to see him like that. I want marvel and awe and wonder to fill my heart when I, when I think on him. So much more than just the commercialized stuff. I mean, the biblical understanding of this, who this Jesus is. I want, I want to go, whoa, woe is me. I want a revelation of who Jesus is tonight. I want a, a living encounter tonight. If you fit one of those two categories, I want to invite you to come up here and just get on one knee. All right, just get down right like this and join me with one knee. You've just heard one of the speakers from Desperation, a ministry of New Life Church in Colorado Springs. For more information on becoming a Desperation intern, attending one of our conferences, or joining the Desperation National Network for local churches, visit us at desperationonline.com.